Hey everybody, welcome back to Core, where we talk about the video games. It's Wednesday, August 26, 2020, and it's episode 233. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and uh, we are back. Sorry about last week. Stuff came up. Couldn't do it. No show. But we're back today, bringing all the good feelings. What's funny is it turned out to be kind of a decent week to miss last week, because it wasn't a ton of stuff, other than that Apple, Google, Epic thing Fortnite getting pulled from stuff thing there was really no huge news that week to discuss and we're still going to talk a little about it today yes yes Bo what are you going to say Bo sorry it's 10 cents love letter to or wait no that uh, epic's love letter to freedom yeah for freedom did you see their video the best, their 19- the best, the best advertisement ever <laughs> in the history of advertising way to go epic <laughs> I mean, look. Well, we'll talk about it. We got that to talk about. We have a lot more to talk about. It's games. It's fun. We're going to do it. Here we go. So we'll talk about that for a second. It's been talked about to death, so we don't want to tread too much uh, stuff people have already heard. But uh, Epic uh, basically, <laughs> in a very pre-planned way, uh, not happy with Apple's, uh, or for that matter, Google Play's split of 70-30. Um, decided in their own app to just break terms of service and say, hey, you can now buy uh, the stuff outside of here and it'll save you this much money or you can buy it in the app store and whatever. They're, they're pretty blatant about it. And Apple said, well, you're breaking terms of service, so we're enforcing that. So they enforced it and Google sort of, or uh, Epic sort of knew they were going to because they immediately turned around with a very professionally made uh, parody of the old Mac 1984 video, which was famous Ridley Scott directed thing back from the eighties that showed at a Super Bowl, I guess, but it was all done in like Fortnite machinima and was sort of pretending like Epic's the little guy and we're taking on the big thing. <laughs> yep. Little Epic. Yeah. Little Epic, little $17 billion Epic taking on the big guy who's yeah. I mean, worth a lot more than 17 billion, but still it's all relative anyway. Um, Here's my general take. Uh, they didn't do this with consoles, by the way, which also do a 70-30 take. Uh, both Sony and Microsoft, they already have a competing uh, PC store because they don't like Steam's 70-30 take. Um, so this is a thing for them, right? They don't like the they don't like the dominance of platforms that do the 70-30. Uh, Apple's certainly just one of them. But... Uh, Apple pulling all this stuff and then, you know, it got a little dirtier as time went on. Uh, there's a current lawsuit now that they were pretty ready with uh, on the Epic side to sort of fight this. Uh, there's a judge who's already said, look, Apple's within their rights to remove your game because you broke terms of service, which you signed and knew what they were. But Apple doesn't have the right to remove uh, all your development tools for the Unreal Engine from iOS or Mac development. So we're not going to let them do that, which is something Apple was threatening to do. So anyway, that's kind of the short of it. Here's my take, and then I want you guys to tell me what you think. And I'm really looking forward to Bo's take because Bo often has good takes about this whole who's p- p- pinching like more pennies. Headlights right now. As soon as you said, oh, no. "I want Bo's take," all of a sudden <laughs> it's just like a car coming at him. He was just like, "Guys, I'm sitting here thinking about the chicken wings I'm cooking. Please don't ask me." No, I mean it's close. I am a deer in headlights, but it's more like. I think Scott's inviting me to go hard to go in. You can totally go hard. I want you because I was hard. just gonna go surface and skip and not be Mister. No, 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 no. I want you to be going hard. So here, okay. So here's my quick take. Then, then go hard. Okay. This all this all sounds dirty. I'm gonna try to not sound dirty. So here's here's the deal. Here's my take. 
you, there is a good argument to say that the 70-30 split that everybody does, and by the way, the game got pulled from Google Play as well, and they're also suing Google. Um, but on Android, you can kind of sideload. It's, it's more complicated over there. But anyway, um, my take is they have a valued argument about the split. I think that it's not very advantageous for developers, especially smaller ones. So little guys kind of get screwed on the 70-30, uh, or potentially they can. If they don't hit real big, they just, just don't make a lot of money. And um, it's probably time to address that and to do things that can be done to try to get big corporations that have the platforms like Google, Microsoft, Sony, Steam, everybody else to maybe reevaluate. And and this is a good conversation to be having because I do think the split is probably not great now. I think maybe it made sense in the early days. I think it makes less sense now. And I think it should open up a little bit. What is also true at the same time, in my opinion, is that Epic is tone deaf <laughs> uh, to, to, to this whole thing. And they tried to create a situation where they were meant to look like they tried to in their the eyes of their players tried to make themselves look like underdogs, $17 billion underdogs, um, which they're not an underdog in this business. They are big enough, in fact, to be the only kind of dog in the fight that can rattle enough cages to actually get people to notice, which is what they're doing. And if the end result of all of this is smaller developers get better deals with everybody, Apple included, that'd be great. I don't actually have a problem with that. But I think that ad... And that kind of patronization of us as players or us as potential epic fans slash users of their products really rubbed me the wrong way. It felt gross. And it's because I don't think it's genuine. Like what they want is for these big companies to change their, change their model. And the big companies don't want to change their model. That's it. That's all, that, that's all this is. It's a legal thing and it's a business thing. And it's okay for that fight to happen, but Epic wants to make it a PR thing, and they've made it one. And they've done so, I think, disingenuously. Disingenuously, They haven't earned it. I don't think that them riling up their base is... I think it's shitty, and I don't like how they did it. And I agree with them on the core principle that there should be better rates and the platform should loosen up a little bit. I agree with them. Totally agree with them. And it's across the board for me. They personally say, so others have said, well, wait, is it because you're in bed with Sony with the new engine investment and everything that you're not mad at them? You're not suing them because they do 70-30. He goes, well, that's different. We see those as closed platforms. We see phones as ubiquitous and everyone's got one. So they should be more like PCs. Okay. I kind of even, I kind of get what you're saying, but also Epic isn't the, 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 the company gets to determine when that happens or what that is. So I don't like that excuse. They're sort of cherry picking. They're going for the biggest noise and they, and they, and they're doing it and pretending like I don't know that. And that's right. why I resent it. It makes me mad. I think it's wrong to act like when people get up in arms because somebody did something in Fortnite and you have gamers act the way they act and they go, Hey, don't harass us. Hey, don't, don't, we're just making games. Leave us alone. Don't get, don't get out your torches and pitchforks because we made this business decision and and this like we're just running a business. Leave us alone. Yeah. But then they turn around and they start handing out porches, uh, porches, <laughs> torches and pitchforks. Uh, Can I have a porch, please. <laughs> I would love a porch. Por- um, porches to and everybody. pitchforks. Yeah. And they start saying, "Go get them!" Mm-hmm. Like 
you can't have it both ways. You can't say, "Hey guys, let's we're we're making games. It's fun. You know, let's not let's not get too serious about this." Oh, we have a chance to weaponize our audience. Let's weaponize our audience. And they absolutely did do that. Putting a machinima of Fortnite talking about how bad Apple is is absolutely going to your audience and saying, "Hey guys, we want you to get really pissed off about this and and fight our fight for us. Make make noise, you know, rattle the cages." And I do think that, like, what you said was very important. This is a fight that Epic can have. Right. If somebody is a struggling video game developer and they're just not making what they need to keep going off of this split and they're having a hard time and they're being taken advantage of by it, they don't have the resources to fight Apple. They have to play ball the way it is. Right. Like, it is what it is, is kind of what it comes down to for those people. Yeah, I don't even so think, like, I don't even element- think like Angry Birds people can't fight this. Like there's, there's plenty of notable names that don't have the, the, the money to fight this. But Epic does. Right. So in a way, you kind of like, well, I'm glad Epic is big enough to do the fight. It's just where the rest of it goes wrong for me. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Because I, I saw a lot of people have the take of, Oh, multi-million dollar company is going to go after a multi-million dollar company. Yes, let's all get excited. And it's like, okay, but these are the people who can actually influence change. A little tiny developer who's being taken advantage of isn't going to be able to go up against Apple and stand a chance. They're, They're not going to be able to do it. And so I do think Epic going up against Apple and Google is probably what it needed to be. But I do... Like you, Scott, I will also agree. I think saying like, hey, players, you go get them. They're the bad guy is really counter to what you're trying to tell us whenever gamers get upset about something you did. It's also it's also putting us in a position that we don't exist in. There's no interest. This is not in our interest that they're doing this. They'll make arguments that it is. But this fight is between them and them alone. Now, you could say, well, players eventually would benefit from a better split because more developers would be able to get in smaller developers and then we'd get to see their experiences, which we would otherwise not get. Fair point. There's already sure, kind but of a- the word is that Epic in private sought a better deal for themselves. So anybody that wants to make the argument that Epic's doing this for the underdog, they might be now. But the word is that they that was not what they set out to do to begin with. They went out and said, hey, we're epic. Can we get a better deal? And when they got told no, they came up with this as plan B. Yeah. And it's and they can make and they can say now, oh yeah, this helps smaller developers. And it may just by a knock-on effect. But that's not what you're doing, though. And that's why I just don't like being lied to. I don't like being told a thing. Like it's cold and it's corporate for Apple to go. You ruined our terms of service, therefore we cut you off. That is the terms of service, right? That's It's a cold, faceless robot response. I prefer that because there's an honesty to it. Whereas this other thing is like, do you gamers see what they're doing to us as gamers? Come on, gamers, let's get up and beat gamers about it. It's like, no, you're not. This isn't anything to do with us. You don't have our, there's nobody's got our best interests at heart here. It's all about who's making money, how you make your money, and how you make more money. It's as simple as that. So be honest with me, Epic. Just say what it is and then say, and you know what? Some of the knock-on effects may mean that smaller developers will get a better cut. If we can do that, great. That's then, you know, even better. That's gravy on top of our potatoes. But our potatoes is what we care about is our potatoes. Just say that. You know what I mean? Say that. 
And and uh, yeah, somebody bring uh, West zero three four says. Like Tom said on T- uh, TMS today, he, we talked about it a bit. He says it's a PR v- battle versus a legal battle, and he's right. And I don't think the PR battle needs to be involved. I don't think it needed to even be there because all it did was irritate me and make me go, well, I'm kind of for readdressing these splits. I think this is a good thing, and I, I get the business reason why it's better. And blah, blah, blah. Like I kind of agree with you on that point. Why muddy this up with shitting all over it, trying to make it seem like it's some kind of gamer war that we all didn't ask to be in? Like f that, like screw yeah, you. A hashtag free Fortnite. Free- oh my gosh, dude! I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I just rewatched the ad to, to rekindle the flames of hatred toward Epic. I mean, I've uninstalled the client. Oh, you don't even use their thing anymore, do you? Oh wow. Did- Forget the corporate reasoning behind it. <laughs> I'm watching on Twitter at least once a week a black person get shot by police. Yeah. And we're talking about defund the police. We have a lot of serious stuff going on, and it's in everyone's faces. And you're going to show me an ad about this. Like It's a, it, it's so incredibly tone deaf mm. that it. Like, I do not want to purchase or be a part of their product family ever again <laughs> i'm done with epic completely like whatever's going on with there it's just not worth being involved in like lots of games out there i don't want the free games i don't want uncle epic's free games mm-hmm. and i don't want to buy into their their bullshit they're not rock and roll stars and they're not oppressed people mm. and you know I, I can take a joke <laughs> and you know say fun things and be ironic and be stupid but this is pretty like seems like a pretty serious statement, and it's part of a trend of serious statements where they're fighting the power. It's like Brad Pitt being mad, you know, asking all Americans to take some time out of their day to message Tom Cruise because he's clearly more attractive than Tom Cruise, but somehow Tom Cruise makes more money than him. Mm. You'd be like, "What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have a problem that no one cares about, and this is epic situation." No one should care about your problems. If you go out of business and can't make money, no one's going to lose any sleep. No one gives a shit about any company, really. So stop it. If you have a real issue that you want to support corporately, that's awesome. Maybe an ad about cancer. Maybe an ad about stitching together the community. Maybe an ad to play less games and go to school a bit more. Anything but this. This is self-indulgent, and it it speaks to the fact that the people that work at that company really think very highly of themselves, way more than they should. And I don't want to give people like that my money. Yeah. Look at that. They asked him to go hard. He went hard. I like it. I like where you're at. Now, I'm going to... I'm out. I'm going to say one thing about it, though, about what you said. I still go and check what free games are available every week. <laughs> I don't download them. Is that bad? Does that make me a bad person? I'm not giving them any no, money. You like but- to play a lot of games. You haven't. You're constantly in a new game, and that's okay. But that's just you know one of your stripes, and that's fine. So I yeah, get it. But yeah. I don't need to play them. <laughs> I, like- I don't. I'm just like looks cool, but not for me. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. your your uh, your uh, your stance. I think it's principled, and it is important. And the th- the thing is. I mean, it's easy to dunk on Apple. Whenever you're a trillion-dollar freaking market cap giant company, you get dunked on. That's just the way it is. Everybody does it. Microsoft's in that group. Uh, Google gets ripped on all the time. Amazon takes a lot of heat. Um, Facebook, whoever. They're and, for, and in a lot of reason, in a lot of cases, rightly so. Like they they take a lot of heat because they do a lot of you know weird corporate shit. Uh, in this particular case, to me, it would have been as simple as. 
approach Apple. Can you, can we work a thing out that's different? No. Okay. Either we're staying or we're pulling our game. It's terms of service. It's their platform. They get to choose. I may not like those terms of service. I may not like the split and I don't like the split. And I'm, and again, it's everybody. It's not just them. That's the other thing that's weird about this is they're, they are, they are cherry picking and they're going strictly mobile and they're going after Apple as their main target. Secondary target is Google. Uh, and they, you know, they already marked steam for whatever target steam is worth to them. Um, but you know, that's at least in, at least in that case, they're just trying to compete like or trying to compete on PC and they're throwing a bunch of money around to try to try to take on steam. And it's had whatever effect it's had. It seems like it hasn't had that much of an effect, to be honest. It seems like steam's doing just fine. Um, but in this particular case, they've just completely cherry picked Apple and Google as their targets. And they haven't said, or they've got lame excuses about consoles. I guess I just don't find it consistent. It feels like bad politics where nobody's, tr- no one's really having a good faith conversation. And I have freaking had it with that. And I don't need it in my gaming stuff anymore. Like, well, and also like politics, it doesn't, it doesn't pay attention to the people involved. Like for all their attempts to rally the people to their cause, like, who actually suffered in this? It's the customers of Epic because of how they handled this. Yeah. There's a bunch of kids out there who want to play Fortnite on their phones. Now they don't have it. Not because of anything other than these companies wanted to fight with each other. Yeah. And I, I agree with Bo. Like, there are more important things than, oh, you can't play your, your, your game. There's a lot of kids at home right now. I'm dealing with it every day, bored kids. And how are they going to interact with other people and do things in a world where when they say, well, I want to go out and I want to go out and I want to do this and I want to do this. I want to do this with my friends. And we have to go, you can't right now because you could get sick. Like that's what we have to do for them to say, well, now's the perfect time for us to punish the people who use our products so we can make a point. But People be on our side because it's really Apple that did this. No, it isn't. It's not. Like like you just said, they could have handled this on their own. Yeah. They they effectively did the thing they would have to do on their own, but they did it in a way that forced Apple to enforce terms of service, which everyone should enforce their terms of service, or else why have terms of service? Like why even have them? So that's my whole thing with like laws. We're gonna have laws and then just break them. Well, what are you what are we even doing? Right? So I don't have a problem with that. I may think they're draconian. I may think it's a bad split. I may think all those things. And I do think those things. But that can be an argument and a problem you can deal with in a way that isn't so pandering to your people. It's basically what Bo said. And I think we all agree. Um, The last thing is they're also uh, some percentage owned by Tencent. Uh, Right? Yeah, not controlling. It's not a controlling share, but it's a significant amount. It's not a nothing percentage. Yeah. So some of the money Epic makes goes to a country that is fascist. That is what is depicted here in the video. You know, this idea that people are under control. The lack of self-awareness on that front is also it's staggering. so incredibly shocking. <laughs> I know. It's you know, I'd give them I'd forgive any company that's like I'm a hundred percent Canadian owned or American owned, and they made a statement like that, I'd be like, Okay, I get it. You're fight you're fighting that fight. You stand for that principle. These guys don't stand for that principle. They do not give a shit. And this isn't for us. This ad is for your kids. 
Yeah. yeah. Because that is for five-year-olds to be like, yeah, screw Apple. I'm all about Epic. It's also for angry. Your child's brain share. It's also for angry parents who know that that kid has come to them and said, dad, can I please buy this skin? Dad, can I please buy this, this gun skin? Oh, I want to look like freaking He-Man or whatever. I don't know what the skins are. Uh, He-Man. I'm sure that never happened. But anyway, they want this stuff. The parents say, sure, they buy it. The platform they bought it on was there. And while those purchases are cross-platform, they may not have a PC for the kid. They may not have a PlayStation for the kid to play Fortnite on. The phone was where they did it, and now they can't. So now you have parents that are like, wait a minute, what did I spend that money on for? I can't have these products? Like, it's going to get weird. Yeah. And it's and th- that's what I saw when I was trying to find out the details of this story so I could talk about it. I literally read articles about how to talk to your kids about this. It's like, this is not something I should be talking to the kids about. No. The kids have... Trust me, there's plenty of other things going on in 2020 that I should be talking to kids about that isn't why Apple and Epic aren't getting along. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. To me, it just rubs me all sorts of wrong. And now we've had our say. So that's what we think. What do you think at home? Send us an email. Go to frogpants.com core and send us one. We'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, moving on. DC had their fandom event this week. And speaking of, yeah, they didn't call it fandom. They called it fandom. Was it in a dome? I don't know. I didn't actually see any of the live streams, so I couldn't tell you, but it was a weird thing. It was also a little bit, not not in the same way tone deaf, but a lot of it was pre-recorded. So a lot of it just sort of ignored that behind the scenes, Warner Brothers has been gutting departments. And one of them is a lot of DC stuff. They've just straight up stopped a bunch of regularly published books. Uh, The comic side took a real hit, a whole bunch of layoffs. Um, so it was just a little bit of like, you know, kind of not quite like the Ubisoft thing either. Cause in Ubisoft's case, there was some really bad stuff going on at Ubisoft, but they went ahead and did an event, a streaming event as if nothing was wrong. This yeah. isn't DC's fault. It's just, it was happening and it was like the elephant in the room and nobody really talked about it, but they showed a bunch of TV stuff, movie, uh, trailers, junk like that. Personally, I think the new Batman trailer looks a badass, and I'm excited about it. I trust Matt Reeves as a director and writer. I think he's going to kill it. It look good. It yeah. What else has really Matt good. Reeves done? Uh, the last, so the last two uh, uh, Planet of the Apes movies, the two modern ones. Oh, those are quite good. They're yeah. very good. Um, and he's just got a knack for the look and the feel and the edge. And uh, she's, I just love Matt Reeves stuff. So very excited about him being. In charge of that, also Batman Year One and Two are kind of the basis for this. The the comic runs and those are both very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it looks it looks great. I'm I'm excited. My sister, my sister, my daughter, and I got really excited because we're watching the trailer, and in the trailer, out walks. Uh, I forget his name right when I'm going to say it. Uh, oh my gosh, from Westworld. What's my uh, uh, <clears throat> Oh, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright I walks just, out. I just yeah. saw him. I'm watching the ad for the first time now. Yeah. So he walks out and I, I had heard that he was going to be commissioner. Well, Inspector Gordon, because this is early in his career, this this depiction. So he's young. But anyway, he comes out and I'm thinking, I don't know. All I think it was Jeffrey Wright is like Casino Royale and, and Westworld and other stuff. I just am having a hard time getting it in my head. They walk out. They put the camera on him and he talks. And I went, that's it. That's Gordon. That's him. Yeah. He, he nailed it as far as I'm concerned. The, the Who I picture as Commissioner Gordon in my head, Jeffrey Wright, was in that trailer. And uh, I also, I'd seen The Lighthouse recently. What's-his-name can act just fine. I'm not worried about yeah. any of that. 
Yeah. It looks great. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I think the costume looks cool, too. That's the other thing, right? It looks so... It's almost like steampunky, but I don't know what to call it or how to describe that that uniform or that costume. Well, in the the pre-show, I recommended a, a comic book called White Knight to you. And that was the first Batman comic I ever read where he had a collar coming up from mm-hmm. the cape. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And then seeing it in the movie, I was like, it's got the freaking collar. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's very cool. Uh, it's very so. cool. And his car, the new Batmobile looks like an old like 70s muscle car with like some freaking flames coming out of the back. I'm way into that. I, I, I'm actually excited about the next phase of Batman from DC. I think it looks Yeah, this great. looks pretty good. Yeah. This looks pretty good. I just I just watched it for the first time. I'm all done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in. And the guy, the bald guy in the rain, kind of looking just like some middle-aged dude. I can't believe who that oh, is. Yeah. That's supposed to be the penguin, but that's that's freaking um Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Like what? how tra- Colin Farrell? How <laughs> yeah. how how transformative is whatever makeup he's wearing? Like I know, it's nuts. Freaky. Wait, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, you gotta I back knew it up. He was in it. And I got through the trailer and I was like, I didn't see him in it at no. all. That yeah. was weird. He and then like, they were like, Yeah, he's in it. He's Cobblepot. That's Colin Farrell. Yeah, that's Cobblepot. If you really look at his eyes, you'll finally see it. Yeah, like I, I think, but that's a lot of. That doesn't look like Colin, like no. the Irish guy, Colin Farrell. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> the in Bruges guy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, I, oh, I, I think it's. Movie. I think it looks amazing. So yeah, like it looks like a proper Batman detective story. Like uh, there's so many reasons I'm excited, but um, that's what yeah. it is. I okay, it's just I googled Colin Farrell to find an image of him, and the first headline that came up: the Batman fans think Colin Farrell's Penguin looks like Richard Kind, and I was like, yeah, it, <laughs> it looks like Richard Kind. <laughs> I was like, it's like a, it's like an uncanny valley, Richard Kind. I was like. He does look like Richard Kind. They should have gotten Richard Kind. I love Richard Kind. You why know, do they? Why do they get Colin Farrell and put fat on him when they could just get a pudgy guy? You know that story. You know that uh, the story. I, I one of my favorite stories when I was in high school or right after high school. I went on a trip to Chicago for my senior trip, and me and my friend Bill went there. And one of the things we wanted to do most of all was go to a Second City performance because um, it's where all the SNL people came from, and you know it's just like a big deal. So we went to Second City. Watched a bunch of improv and whatever they were doing, skits and stuff. It was great. And it was funny. And the whole time I had a sketchbook and I was sketching each of the, the players as they come out and do stuff. So different drawings of these people. And one of the waitress or whatever server people came up to me that were bringing food and stuff and said, hey, do you mind if I take that and I'll take it in the back and have people sign it? I said, oh, that's great. I'd love that. So I gave her my sketchbook and she came back out and it was Every, all of the different players had signed their names next to the thing, uh, to their depiction. And one of them was Richard Kind. This is before anybody knew who that was. It was like 89 or 88, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also spit on me by accident from the stage. <laughs> That's awesome. So I w- we were right up front. We had awesome seats. And he, at one point, was like freaking out, uh, acting or whatever. Turned around and was like, like or something. And it just little spit came out and hit me right in the leg. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Live theater. It's the best. It's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> We're in the splash zone. They don't give a poncho for live theater, but they should. <laughs> they should give ponchos though for theater. They if, really if should. If you're sitting that close and they can spit on you, you should get a little raincoat or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Someone in the chat says Andy Circus is Alfred. Is that true? 
No. I didn't know that. No. That's, that's cool. really that's It is. That's great. That's Alfred bad. Pennyworth. Andy Circus. Well, he's not playing a CGI Andy Circus or Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got Colin Farrell playing the penguin. Why not? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> no, he's still playing Caesar from Planet of the Apes. They're going a real new direction. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He was Caesar in that. I forgot. It's one of those things probably where he oh, likes to. Paul Dano's in it, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Zoe Kravitz is uh, Selena Kyle that's slash a, Catwoman. That's a blast in the plaza. You don't really see him much. I just remember him from There Will Be Blood and like. Yeah, he will he drink his milk. confused or something like that. He was in another one of those like he played a weird, awkward teenager. Shocker. That was in uh, the bus one with the little girl. Sunshine bus girl. What was that called? It was very popular. Spotless sh- sunshine oh, of the eternal bus. Sunshine. No, it, no. Shoot. What's the one right, with the girl? What, Little Miss Sunshine. That's done. it. Little Miss Sunshine. That's it. He was that's the what teenager. I said. What'd you say? Little Miss Sunshine. That's what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Look, Peter Sarsgaard, John Turturro, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Let's see. Uh, Max Carver. His little brother's Min Carver. Just kidding. Um, anyway, it looks great, dude. I'm telling you, Matt Reeves can do no wrong. It's the most. Uh, I have a lot of feels for that dude and his ability to get stuff done. He directed Cloverfield, by the way, directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he wrote Let Me In. Also very cool. What else has he directed? Um, uh, the the Batman coming up soon. The Batman, whole bunch of TV stuff. And this thing is a star-studded cast, dude. It, there's yeah. John Turturro's in it. Yeah. By the way, did you see the Jesus rolls yet? No, I still haven't. Okay, yeah, prepare yourself. <laughs> I've been putting it off, but I, I need he's to get pretty sexual. It. That's I'll leave it at that. Wow, it's pretty him and Susan Sarandon and. Um, Who's the other guy? Uh, Freaking the guy from Mr. Robot plays the glasses guy. Uh, what's his name? Did you say Susan Sarandon and who's the other guy? Yeah, there's three. <laughs> there's so there's a threesome relationship that happens. Oh, oh okay. okay. It, yeah. And it's uh, what's his name? He was in Mr. Robot. He was in Ant-Man as the. Oh, Paul Rudd's, uh, you know, um, ex-wife's new boyfriend the or bald, whatever. The bald guy. Um, big, big buff looking bald guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, and he he talks like a mobster, but he's usually in like weird against type roles. Okay, um, hold on. 2015's Ant Man. I'm gonna find him, and it's gonna drive me crazy until I do it. Corey Stoll, that's him. No, 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 no. Corey Stoll. Oh, sure. that's not him. Played the yellow jacket. No, it's oh. uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got it, got it. Bobby no, Carnival. Bobby Cannavale. Oh, yeah. that guy's great. Bobby Cannavale is amazing. He creeped me the hell out in Mr. Robot. He's in other stuff, too. When he shows up, I'm always like, oh, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, he's in all sorts of things. So oh, he's, he's in the Jesus roles. As, well, yeah, that's what you're telling us. As one, thir- one third of the, the, the <laughs> you know, Susan Sarandon, John Turturro, uh, Trist. Right. Or not Trist, but. Yeah, he was scary. Skinny. You can find them in very intimate moments, the three of them together. He was in, so be prepared for he, that. He was Skinny Razor in The Irishman. He was great in that. Yeah. I love that movie. They're basically all, like, I can't remember how naked they are, but they're all naked in a bed at, at one point, like having sex. I liked like all seeing it. All 12 hours of The Irishman. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. All, all 12, 12 hours. hours. It was very long. Um, all right. Moving on. Oh, what was the point? Oh, we got two video games out of it. Sorry. Uh, the the yeah. Fandom event. Uh, Gotham Knights, which is a kind of Avengers-like deal. Uh, 
in that it's sort co-op. Of like Ark, the Arkham games, but it's got co-op. Yeah, here's the problem, though. This is the... So, all right. So, everybody who thought this was the Arkham game studio, Rocksteady, you are incorrect. Uh, Rocksteady is not doing this. They're doing some secret thing. Gotham Knights no, is made... No, know what they're doing. It's the next game. What, the next Arkham game? No, the next game we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, no, no, I knew that. Why do I, uh, okay. It's no longer a secret. It's out, everybody. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> no, John. John's right. I forgot it's not. That's the whole point is this is no longer a secret. Anyway... Gotham Knights is by the guys who did Origin, Batman Origins, Gotham Origins, uh, whatever it was called. Arkham Origins. Arkham or- Origins, which was not that great. <laughs> it was kind of bad. Yeah. It, it was the only one I couldn't beat. Yeah, I didn't beat it. it and I loved the premise. Like, yeah. the idea of it is really cool. Like, hey, they put a huge bounty out on Batman early in his career it's the worst blizzard Gotham has ever seen. So the only people on the streets would be people going after the bounty. And on Christmas Eve, all these assassins are going to come after Batman and he's going to try and solve a crime at the same time. Super cool premise. Maybe the coolest premise of any of those games. Yeah. And I hated it and I couldn't get through it. it I was, didn't hate it. I just, I get, I got uninterested and walked away every time. I yeah. Tried. We didn't have Kevin Conroy's Batman again. There's like a lot of problems with it. And this new thing does not have Kevin Conroy either, but the trailer shows Batman is dead. I'm going to go ahead and say he shows up again later, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so it's Batgirl, uh, Nightwing. I'm doing this all from memory. Uh, Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, Robin, and that's it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So they they are in well in theory in the game in the in the campaign you'll play I th- I don't know if you'll play whoever you want or if you'll alternate around, uh, but in co op you can play different dudes. That part's not clear. We don't we don't nope. really know. Oh, Scott? is that just me? What what nope. happened? What what nope, happened? We lost. Nope. Him. You, you can did? you can hear me. Oh, he's gone. Oh, oh he's back. Oh, am I oh, back? back? Can you hear me? Oh, it's doing that thing it did last week. That was mm. weird. Is it doing it again? Hold on. Gosh, Seems dang like it, it, dude. Okay, it looks like we're back to full speed. All right, my internet blipped for a second. Y'all should see me. Chat room, you guys good? I'll put a mark here so I can get rid of this in post. Do you guys see me, chat? Y'all see me? See me now? (laughs) They should. We're back to full speed. Okay, they see me now. The John Cena. Yeah. (laughs) You see me now? Yeah, you see me now? What is it? Oh, my gosh. Perfect time to burp. see me? Anyway... What was my point? Oh, we don't know how it's going to work with the co-op uh, or any of that stuff yet, but we know there's co-op. Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Sorry, Suicide, Su- Suicide Squad colon kill the Justice League is the rock steady business. And that's probably the one we should be more excited about, right? That's the one I'm excited about. The trailer. Now, granted, we have gameplay of Gotham Knights. Yeah. We only have a trailer for Suicide Squad. Um, but I liked that trailer. That trailer made me laugh. I had a good time with it. The ending of Superman looking like he's about to kill the Suicide Squad and then a boomerang just comes out of nowhere and hits him in the head mm-hmm. and he barely even flinches and then you hear Captain Boomerang go, why'd you do that, King Shark? <laughs> like yeah. tries to blame somebody else for it. Yeah, It's really good. good. It's genuinely very funny. I'm, I'm intrigued because... One, Rocksteady has a better track record in my mind. Like, I want both to be good. Yeah. Because uh, more good games is always good for people. But yeah. uh, Rocksteady has a better body of work because I even liked Arkham Knight. 
I know a lot of people didn't, but I actually I loved Arkham Arkham Knight. Good Batman game. I I, liked it better than City. I did too. Uh, You know what I think? Here's what I think. I think that that freak out was all those PC players that had tech problems, and I think it's not about the game itself. The game is great. There's nothing wrong with Arkham Knight. I mean, I understand if you absolutely hated the Batmobile stuff. Genuinely hated it. That game has a lot of Batmobile. I love the Batmobile, but I thought it was good, and so mm. it did not bother me that much. I'm also one of those people that likes missions while I'm in a car in GTA and things like that. I actually enjoy yeah. that stuff. So I'm I'm probably the worst guy to ask, but yeah, Arkham Knight was amazing. I loved it. It sucked at launch because PC players got screwed. Console was fine, but that's no we. <laughs> Whatever. That thing was marred by a bad launch from a technical standpoint. It had nothing to do with the content of the damn thing. And I remember feeling bad because I think you were this too, John. We both could run it fine. Do you remember that? Yeah, I had no issues. Zero problems. It ran silky smooth. All the settings, everything was great. And I felt bad because I had friends who just straight up couldn't launch it or it was uh, all kinds of problems. But anyway, what was our point? That's coming out. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Sounds great. Is that based on a comic? Is there a series where the, the, the uh, that's a thing? So I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but Gotham Knights is apparently not a sequel to Arkham Knight. It's in its own separate universe. It's its own thing. Yeah. But I have heard that Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League is in the same universe as the Arkham games. Yes, that's what I also heard. So... I guess. I don't know if that means there's not going to be any Batman in there. He's a pretty important part of the Justice League, but he died at the end of Arkham Knight, so I don't know what they're going to do there. So far, we've only really seen Superman. It looks like he's under the control of Brainiac. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell, but I guarantee you Batman will be back. I'm 100% sure of it. These are comic books, man. This is what they do. They, they live to bring people back from the dead. I mean, did anyone ever watch? Thing. Did anyone ever watch Captain America die in a comic and go, "Oh no, he'll never ever be portrayed in the <laughs> comics again"? Like no one does that. We all know. No, it's a given. And video games are just right there with that sort of thing. So, unless you're talking about Last of Us or something, they, nobody comes back. Uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum is a thing. Is that true? Is that a thing? What happened there? What's <laughs> yeah, that about? I don't know. I want to wow. talk about this. They announced plenty of games. There's plenty of games we could talk about, but this one is maybe the most confusing to me because I don't know anybody who watched the Lord of the Rings and said, you know whose shoes I want to walk a mile in? <laughs> Gollum. Yeah. Got to get my fantasy on. I really just want to play Gollum. This is where my time and attention needs to be spent. Maybe it'll be great. I'm not trying to put the game down, but I heard it and I was just like, what in the entire world of Middle Earth? This is what we decided we needed to make was a Prince of Persia-esque stealth game where you play Gollum. Yeah. Okay, I guess. The stealth part makes sense to me because he's always that's his thing as he sneaks around and does weird stuff. So if the gameplay is super inventive, maybe they've got something here. But you're, I'm with you. My initial impression is like, really? Like freaking. You know Gollum? what I would have been more excited about? Huh. A game where Gollum asks you riddles and you answer them to try and get the ring from him. <laughs> like that's <laughs> just a just a game of riddles. That would have been more exciting to me. Game of riddles. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this yet. Like, it's really hard. If for it's me. particularly inventive in some nice way, maybe it'll be a surprise thing. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. I imagine it'll be weird to play as Gollum. He doesn't do anything, so maybe it's like a <laughs> like he just hoards like a he's, ring. That's it. He's he's basically a fantasy addict. Yeah. So if if you ever wanted to play like a coke addict, as like coke addict, the video game, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah. That, like, yeah, he wants the ring. He has to keep the ring. Everything's about the ring. I don't know what he gets up to. They should just but, do like Sonic and have him collect rings and keep them. And then if someone hits yeah. him, <laughs> just bling, 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 bling. Yes, good cast <laughs> That'd be oh, my gosh. There you go. That's yeah. the game. Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog skin where you just play as Gollum <laughs> would be great. My precious. The, the great part about it is that as you play, you go from Hobbit to disgusting creature. Because yeah. his story's super depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's the worst. It's one of the most cautionary tales of that of the entire Tolkien universe. It's like, don't be like Rather than gain abilities, you should lose abilities. Right. Get uglier and nastier and lose, lose abilities. Can't talk anymore. And anytime you look at a puzzle, it just goes blurry because your ability to rationalize thought is just muddled now. So you just, I don't understand. Now I can't get the sonic thing out of my head. Uh, I am curious if it's going to be Liam doing work on this. Because I know traditionally he gets tapped to play and mocap Gollum. He does Gollum like content. nobody's business. He's so good at it. If any oh. of you, if any of you played, um, uh, which was it, Shadow of War, the first, whatever the first one was, that, yeah, that had both. I think is he in he both? I just remember there's yeah. all kinds of Gollum in that first one, and every one of those VOs that was all Liam. And I wouldn't be surprised because it's it's it may as well be 2001 and Andy Circus, t- you know, doing the voice. It's that good. Hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Are you Gollum in this new thing coming out? Um, Let's see if you can. He might not it. be allowed to say something right yeah, now. He may not have announced it. It should, Maybe in theory, is it just called Gollum or Lord of the Rings Gollum? Lord of the Rings Gollum. Gollum. Oh, so they went for the uh, colon. Lord of the Rings. Colon. Yeah, they went for Gollum. Gollum. Game twenty one. Okay, game. Here we go. Twenty twenty one video game. Currently, no cast listed. Oh. I'm willing to bet. No cast. If you're gonna hire that dude, he's your dude. Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, all right, what else we got here? Oh, I got a Fall Guys thing to say because I've been playing Fall Guys, and I'll talk about it yeah. a little bit more later. But uh, Fall Guys is the most downloaded game in PlayStation Plus history. So that's a game you can, if you have PlayStation, PlayStation, play PlayStation, PlayStation Plus subscription, they give away a free game every month or a couple of them. That's part of the service; it's always been there. This uh, one of these last ones was the launch of Fall Guys. And it is now officially their most downloaded game in the history of that service, which doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. It's a monster hit. People are playing it on that PC. I think it should come to everything, mobile, Switch, everything. It's just a, it's the kind of game that'll play great no matter where you play it. Um, and it's just big, dumb fun. I've never been more angry at a game than I have been at Fall Guys lately. Holy freaking crap, that game pisses me <laughs> off. Because there's, there is a grief. You know what? I'll just get, I'll get straight to it. Here's the problem with, with Fall Guys. And it's also what, part of what makes it great. But these little bean dudes, it just looks so whimsical and goofy. And the whole thing feels like a Dreamcast presentation. It's got like this music and stuff. It's very Sega reminiscent. And these bean mm-hmm. 60 of them are all racing in these, <clears throat> these horrible, you know, wipeout style uh, obstacle courses trying to get to the end. It's basically a battle royale racer. But you're just running and jumping and avoiding obstacles and all that. And um, 
at the finish line, there's a very popular thing to do that makes me want to murder people. And it's guys who will get to the finish line, not cross. <clears throat> they'll turn around and they'll just look at you coming. And if enough of them do it, they're stopping people from coming over the line. Or at the very least, they're waiting for you to get there knowing that they're the second to last person or they're the last person. If they go over, they, they end the round and they've waited for some poor sucker who's been falling left and right, doing his best, keeps thinking he's got a chance. Oh man, it hasn't ended. I must have a chance. He gets all the way up there, sees this purple bean dude looking at him, and then runs up there as fast as he can. And then the bean dude d- guy turns around and crosses the line, and then that guy's out. It's just griefy and <laughs> shitty. Oh. It's so maddening. Did you Ugh. see the video of the guy who goes through so much trouble, and he goes through so much, and he's like, it's like they've got room for like three more people or whatever. Yeah. And there's one guy in front of him and then he's the next. And it's like, you're going to do it. You're going to be one of the three you're in. And the guy who was going to cross before him turns around and grabs him and just tosses him <laughs> off the side of the level. And he gets eliminated. It's so mean. It's so mean, oh, but man. it's also, you know, clearly seems like part of the game. Yeah. Like I mean, I think they can curtail some of it. There's another there's another map where you're in your second round of elimination and there are these like rubber log things you have to get over and they're very narrow and you got to be careful. And you guys all bumbly and dumb. And sometimes what will happen is a guy will will get up there and hunker down and just stand on the log and look at you. And you can't get past him unless you can figure out a way to shove him off. And you can do that if you have some wow. help. But if you're on your own, he's got kind of upper ground. And, it, and so that's a griefy. Like, it's griefy. Freaking annoying. So annoying. Anyway, it, that's a great game, though, and I love it. The point is, Fall Guys, very successful, well done, greater than any expectation they had. And I'll talk maybe a little more about it later. Right. Finally, Final Fantasy XIV. You may know it as 15. 14. I'm sorry, 14. Oh, I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> John with the quiet correction. <laughs> 14, the MMO. Uh, not the, car, the guys in a car, not the bro gun car thing. <laughs> yep, the MMO, not the, not the bro trip. Uh, what? Tell us why you want to talk about this. What's your deal? I just want to acknowledge it because I've had a bunch of people message me about it. You know, uh, that was a game. Obviously, it has a very passionate fan base. People were very excited when I picked it up and was playing it for a little bit. And everyone's been very curious if I'm going to get back into it because on August 11th, I believe it was, they did their big update that removed a bunch of quests from the game. Mm -hmm. So it kind of streamlined it. So all that stuff that we talked about, the, you know, kind of rough beginning and then the hundred quests in the middle where I fell off. They've trimmed all that down to where it's a little more story focused and a little more streamlined to get through. And so people have been curious if it's going to bring me back to the game. And uh, I just want to say it probably will. Not right now. I've had a couple other video game projects that we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, that have taken up my time. But I've heard it's very good. I've heard people mm-hmm. are very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it because I did enjoy my time in Final Fantasy XIV. Um but that's out there. If anybody else is like me that was interested, but this quest business was holding you back, there's your PSA. Uh, that stuff is out. It's more streamlined, and you can get into it a little easier than you could before. Maybe I will now. I don't know. Hmm. I've, I've been wanting to check it out as well. 
Because, you know, it's the big rage. It's the number one competition for World of Warcraft right now. They get, they, they're doing real good with it. And it's console-based as well. So you've got a lot of cross-platform numbers. And I, we don't know because nobody releases any numbers. They may actually be outperforming WoW right now. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't mind checking it out. Okay, the chat room put... I forgot I did this on stream the other day. They put a link, uh, a clip of me on a Twitch stream of Fall Guys. And this is what this game makes me do. Okay? So this is me trying to live. Enjoy. <laughs> yep, I died. I was oh, my <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Yeah, that's funny. The game is intense. Oh it's intense. It deserves all the credit it's getting. It's a very fun time, and we'll talk more about that now. Now. Video games we played this week. I did play a lot of Fall Guys. I really like it. I've yet to win a game, meaning, you know, never been the last guy. I have been on the final round. I almost got the crown. Uh, I got beat by a probably a guy who cheated. cheated. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I have no idea how he did it. I but. watched you play a little. Uh, one of my favorite things about watching it was it was right when you were first learning the game. So you didn't know how any of the mini games were. Right. And it was the memory one where they would flash up on the walls something, <laughs> and then you had to stand on the panels associated with it. But you were so intensely focused on the floor that you never saw what they were showing on the walls. Yep. So you were just running where everybody else was running to and being like, I don't understand this game. Yep. I don't get this game. Yep. How do people know where to go? Because <laughs> I never looked up. It was just the fruit flashes on the ground multiple times. It's like memory, and you're supposed to go, oh, the grapes were here, the banana was here and the orange was here and so then the part i didn't know is if you looked up like john's saying on these big screens it'll show after a countdown it'll show an orange so you're supposed to go oh yeah right the orange was on this panel so you try to jump over there as fast as you can people are pushing and shoving and there's like kind of a you know you can only fit so many people on a square so it's already insane but if you chose the right one it stays and all the other squares drop so if you if you remembered wrong you drop and you lose and you're out uh I didn't know that. So I was just watching this fruit and I'm like, well, this seems random. And then I would notice that everybody would gather on one square and I'd go, oh shit, I'll go wherever they're going. And I ended up passing that round because wow. I just went where the people went and it worked. And today you play, I you play fall guys the same way. I raid when I don't know the raid fight. <laughs> As much people standing there. I'll just go stand over there. I guess. Yeah, it's not. You're not wrong. It kind of reminded me of that. But now that I've got most of that stuff down, um, the egg fight where you try to get as many eggs in your basket as you can for the little mini game, that makes me want to kill somebody. My gosh, because they can take eggs out of your basket. Yes, they can, and a lot of them do, and that's how they end up winning. Or you have a team where they just don't. They're not working hard enough to get the enough eggs, and it's just a bad feeling when your team gets eliminated on those. Those are because it's a team thing where most of it's individual. Suddenly you got to play as a team with a bunch of ding dongs that you don't know. That's just, (laughs) that game is crazy. It's, it's really great. I'm glad it's doing well for them. And, um, they, they they did a big ban for a bunch of players that were cheating because I guess there were some hacks on the PC side. It's a shared player base. So they were, you know, PlayStation people playing with PC people, Xbox, I think may have it. I don't know. Oh no, they don't have it yet, but they may soon. Anyway, uh, you'd know cause you'd be in a game and there's a counter at the top says zero out of 60 qualified or zero out of 40, whatever it is for the first run. And normally that once everyone gets to the thing, like a few minutes into the round, you start to see that number go up cause someone crossed the line finally. And it goes all the way up to 40 and then everyone else is eliminated. Um, 
I started noticing a couple of times where as soon as it went three, two, one, burp, and everybody ran, it would say one of 40 already qualified. I'm like, hmm, we were all just here. Something's up. And so there was some hack that would like send people straight to the finish line. And they banned those people, I guess. So uh, that's good. I'm glad they're p- paying attention to that stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's great. Also played Rogue Legacy 2. John, we should talk about this together. Yeah. Rogue Legacy 1, huge classic, fun time, loved it, uh, informed so many other roguelikes that come, came since, like when you play Dead Cells or you play, oh gosh, Hades or just about anything, you can see the DNA of yeah, a lot I of still ideas. I think it might have been the one that got it the best. Like, I love Dead Cells as a game to play, but I still think Rogue Legacy managed to get that loop of Attempted run, you get a little reward, you get a little stronger, you get back in. I still think it's done it better than any other game like that. Um, Even some that play better like Dead Cells, which I think is just a a game that plays better and controls better. But uh, I still think Rogue Legacy 1 is one of the, one of, if not the best one of those games. Yeah, it definitely stands uh, tall, right, in that subgenre and so a lot of us myself included very excited about the prospect of a second it finally came out it's on early access there's like a biome and a half that that's done so um you know just know that going into it you may you may not get the full game quite yet because it's an early access they're not done but he got it for 15 bucks if you already owned it on steam so that was nice i gave you a discount uh for that you can also get it on the Epic Store for 100% of the price. It's also on console. I don't know if it's on consoles in early access. It might just be PC right now. But anyway, Rogue Legacy 2 is, to me, is a lot like Rogue Legacy 1 with changes. Uh, and, and in some cases, some improvements. I really like the art style a lot. Uh, I think it's an improvement. I think the animation looks really good. I think the environmental stuff looks really nice. That overall is a way better looking game than I think the first game was, which you'd expect is many years later and, and all that it is a 2d game. So it's not like they have to do too much to make it look better, but they, they did uh, in my estimation and um, it's hard, but so was the first one. And I don't like the archer, which I thought I was going to like, because I was excited <laughs> about new classes and the archer really bums me out. I don't think he's good. Archer is tricky. They've already patched him. Uh, They did a patch the day after it came out to try and give you different ways to control him because apparently you were not the only one that did not like the Archer. I still don't necessarily like how the Archer controls, uh, but it's the farthest I've made through the game was as an Archer. Oh, really? That's interesting. Because they have have lower lower hit points. They have really good DPS, though. Um, So maybe you were just killing more stuff. I killed, I killed a lot of stuff. Um, it's good. It's definitely, it's early access. So when I say that, like, they perfected that loop, playing it, I definitely feel like they haven't perfected that loop. Not yet, yet no. There are times where I go in and I die in three seconds, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I didn't, none of the things I've bought upgrade-wise, none of the powers I've gotten, none of this is is helping me in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I will also say the only other concern I have about Rogue Legacy 2, because generally I'm like you, it looks a, a ton better. I love the art style. They've added all sorts of cool new things as far as like, you know, 
features of your uh, of your characters. Right. Uh, I my favorite when I watched you play Scott because you won't read what they do <laughs> uh, was that you were playing as a vegan uh-huh. and then you ran and picked up a piece of chicken on the ground and died and went what did I die? From? Yeah, I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize that if you're a vegan eating the eating meat was the thing that would kill you and it and it probably said it right there in the flavor text. I just didn't look at it. That was but, really uh, that's was, pretty good. There's some really good things there. I think the only thing that worries me a little bit about it, and we'll see if I can get over it, is like I said at the beginning, while I don't like the game as much, games like Dead Cells that play a lot better mm-hmm. have really made it start to show its age because I saw you struggle with this, Scott, and I struggled with it. Like bumping into enemies, mm-hmm. like the hit boxes on that thing are unforgiving. Yeah. Whereas dead cells, unless you're getting attacked, you're not taking damage. Right. And I actually got as one of my, uh, one of my offsprings abilities was that you would only take damage if it was a direct hit to your heart. I don't remember what the name of it was, but that was essentially what it boiled down to. Yeah. And all of a sudden I could kind of lightly bump into things. There was a little forgiveness on the hit box yeah. and I was only getting hit if I was actually getting targeted. And as soon as I did that, I was like, this is how this game should play. Yeah. Like I liked the game way better in that mode yeah. than I did by default. And so it's little tiny things like that where I'm like, this game plays a little older than it should. It doesn't quite feel updated in the gameplay sense. Like the fact that they added a little spin dash thing move you can do to propel yourself up is neat for puzzles and things, but doesn't really add a whole lot to the game experience. I wish it played a little bit better than it does. Yeah, it the, feels weird, dated. the weird thing about, I agree with everything you've said. That's, that's, you've actually put in words some of the stuff I was having a hard time figuring out how to describe. All I know is that it drove me to want to play Fury Unleashed more, which is this game I've talked about on the show a few times. I don't think you guys have ever checked it out, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it owes its lineage to this for sure, to the, the Rogue Legacy one in kind of structurally how it works, but it plays so smooth and so fun. And so like moment to moment just feels so much better. Dead cells. Another great example of that. There's just a great moment to moment gameplay feeling. It may not have the same, you know, the exact same quality of the, of the overall loop of upgrade, get out and do it again, upgrade, get out and do it again. That rogue legacy one had, but fury unleashed has way better feeling combat. It just feels better. And every time and when I was playing Rogue Legacy 2, I just kept going, oh, I wish this moved like like Fury Unleashed moved. And I, so I ended up playing a whole bunch of Fury Unleashed this week as a result because it just it drove me to the, the game that right now has the more refined gameplay. So I hope that stuff improves and they can tweak it and balance it and, and all of that. But it's not to say this is bad, not by any stretch. Yeah. But I just knew that this was going to happen a little bit. You can't have this legendary roguelike that defined the generation for for many games and then come back to it and expect you know without completely changing the underlying features of the game you had to expect it to feel like oh well this is like rogue legacy but that's we're past that and you know like i don't know they they did themselves a disservice by being so amazing in the first place that a million other games have come along and improved on the formula and some of those things, some of those improvements, you can feel them missing here. So, yeah. anyway, 
We'll see. Time will tell. That's still, like we said, early access. And they've got an update coming in 20 days, a big, massive one. So we'll see what that thing brings to the game. I uh, finished Sleeping Dogs. Talked about that last couple of weeks. I beat it. Uh, one of the most satisfying nice. open world GTA likes. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Had a great time. Streamed the whole thing. It's a total blast. I loved it. It drove me to want to 100% Mad Max, the 2015 open world game. Oh. So I'm doing that. you quite like. Yeah, I do like that game a lot. But I never seem to finish it. And I don't know why I don't. But I always go back to it. And this time I'm committed. I'm doing it. I'm going all the way. I just going all the way. I just fought Scrotus. And Scrotus, <laughs> he has a big horn on his where his wiener should be. It's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this too. That's a 2015 game. Sure looks good for, for being five years old. That game looks great. It still plays great. I love that game. The 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 only beef I ever hear people say is, Oh, it's such a wasteland. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Mad Max for heaven's sakes. <laughs> of course it is. It's dirty and awful and terrible and gross. And it's very cool. And speaking of Liam O'Brien, he plays he plays gut gash in that game. This great, this great character you gotta do work for, do some quests for. Um, and he talks like this, eh, if we're going to get this place in shape, y'all ought to go out there and find us some scrap or whatever. He talks like that. It's great. Anyway, and I picked up Luigi's Mansion for uh, three for uh, 30% off, which seemed crazy. So I just did it uh, on the Switch. And that's pretty great so far, but I'm not very far. I just barely got that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that game is just oozing production value. It's very, it's very cool. All right, John, you're almost done with The Witcher 3. I am almost done with The Witcher 3. Man, that game is good. Uh, so I got through all of the main story um, and pretty much all of the side quests. There's maybe a couple things here and there that are are missing. Uh, there was some... I, de- I ignored Gwent. I was going to be all in on Gwent this run. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play. I'm going to collect the cards. I'm going to do all the Gwent stuff. Yeah. And I played two rounds of Gwent against the first guy in the tavern, and he beat me both times, which has never happened before. Yeah. I always beat that guy, and this time he just beat me right out of the gate. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with Gwent. Not, I'm Gwent. not going to do it anymore. <laughs> There's even a part in the current DLC where the guy's like, oh, Geralt, you know, the sun's going to be in your eye when you're shooting the bow. Well, yeah, join me with a distracting game of Gwent while we waste time. I was like, no. <laughs> Not gonna <laughs> go play Gwent with yourself. And he was even disappointed. He was like, oh, well, you've denied me a distraction. I'm like, yeah, I did. Cause I don't want to play freaking Gwent. Wow. I only did it one time where a quest, basically there were some, some criminals and they were trying to get this, these rare Gwent cards from a guy. Yeah. And they're like, why don't you play us for him? And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and I won. It's the it's the only time I won the Gwent game yeah. in the entire thing was that hand to Gwent, which was for a guy's life. And then they ended up wanting to fight me anyway. Uh, so I, mm. I beat the main mm. game. I beat the Heart of Stone DLC, which, oh my gosh. I knew their DLCs were good. I didn't know they were this good. Yeah. You do everything in that DLC. Yeah. It's crazy. You do a heist. You get possessed by a ghost and go to a wedding. Like, <laughs> what else do you need? Um, there's there's crazy gods. There's scavenger hunts. There's all sorts of nuts. I have a professor friend at the university who runs their whole story division department thing that teaches like story and games. And um, in their games degree department thing says to this day, she says that uh, that game plus 
Blood and Wine are the is the is the single greatest narrative video game she's ever played. In her life. I'm kind of about it. I'm getting into Blood and Wine now. It's the last thing I have left to do, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I know I've talked about it a little bit before on this show. Just the attitude shift from default Witcher to Blood and Wine Witcher worlds, like couldn't be more different. You yeah. know, in in default Witcher, everybody needs your help for everything. Yeah. In Blood and Wine, people are like, well, we're going to go kill a monster. I don't know, Geralt, you want to come with us? Or, or they'll say, Geralt, why don't you wait here? We'll be back. And then as him, you're always like, I can go. I'm a monster hunter. I can go with you. And they're <laughs> like, all right, fine. Come on. <laughs> you go along with them. Yeah. It's just great. Everything's bright and colorful. It's a bunch of clunky knights in armor. And uh, I love Blood and Wine, too. I'm just not far enough into it to to say like yes definitive it's the best but i'm i'm making my way through it and uh that game again old games i am constantly just going my goodness how does this game look as good as yeah. it does yeah the, the graphics is curve is really leveled out in the last five years shockingly pretty it's so good that it made my girlfriend go camping <laughs> what wait a minute she saw yeah. it and went, oh, because she saw how lush it was. And she's like, oh, I should go camping. Okay. All right. She's watching me walk around in The Witcher and she's like, I got to get outdoors. <laughs> and I, I was That's like, awesome. I was like, okay. I just, you will know it did not have that effect on me. Yeah. I was like, this is enough. Thank you very much. But she was like, I'm going camping. Off she and the kids went. They went camping. Wow. And they had a not a great time. Oh. Continues well. to confirm my camping is overrated stance. Well, so. for me these days camping is involves a hotel room and a check-in key that's that's camping for me although i've been to one of those in a while. city camping city camp that's right yeah uh awesome but i'm glad you're digging it's, it it's a pretty pretty game so yep. i will probably be done by the time we meet again uh because i am although i'm shocked at how big blood and wine is and uh the new creatures they add that's the other thing all the other ones at, use the same monsters. All of a sudden you go to blood and wine and everything you're fighting is different. There's giant centipedes and I had no idea how to fight those. I was just getting taken out constantly. You just got to hide behind but, the mushrooms and shoot the little things up and then move around. Oh, wait, that's that's centipede. That's centipede. Yeah. These are giant centipedes. Okay. So anyway, Witcher three, I can't rave enough about it, but it's also a game that everybody has raved about already. So it's probably not news to anyone, but no, I love it, dude. I love that. We're both playing old 2015 games right now. I love it. I think that's great. I think it's a testament to it's easy to have stuff go past us. Even, even big triple a things that were in our face back then. And then finding the love for it again, I think is a great sign in games. It's like, we're getting to where movies are where you can enjoy an old movie and, and not be too put off by its graphics, you know, like yeah. five years ago for now, for like games five years ago, they all look amazing. Still from 20, mm-hmm. if you played a game in 2015, that was from 2010, eh, not so much, right? Yeah. Like it's just gotten, we've, we've, we've stretched that out. And, and I, some call it diminishing returns. I call it like, I'm finally getting my, I'm finally, I don't know. I finally like getting my money's worth. It gives it a timeless nature yeah. to it. Yeah, I like Because it's not, like you said, with movies, I mean, if you go back far enough in movies, you get to the point where everybody talks the same, and that's weird. Yeah. 
Where every guy's like, hey, what are you doing over there? You're being hysterical. You're just like, oh my gosh, why is everyone talking like this? What happened to our society's vocal cords? Right, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool to be able to play a game and have it feel new. I mean, there's little things. They There's a, a quest in The Witcher where you, you compete in a tournament, mm-hmm. a knight tournament. Yeah. You have to ride a horse, and while you're riding the horse, you have to hit mannequins with a sword and you have to shoot a crossbow at a target. That's the first time I got mad in the entire game. That's the first time I was like, what are they doing? And they knew. I also am convinced they knew because in the quest dialogue, as you're getting up to it, the guy's like, these are the three events. You're going to really want to practice the horseback riding. And like every time I talked to him, he was like, you definitely need to practice the horseback riding. (laughs) And I was like, why is he being so adamant about this? And then I played it and I was like, oh, because it plays like shit and they want me to get used to it before the pressure's on. Yeah. Because the amount of times I watched my sword go through a dummy and nothing happened was substantial. Yeah. But I remember that's the only time that game has really shown its age in any big way uh, that was frustrating. Yeah, I think that's why I like my Sleeping Dogs playthrough because it it held up in almost every way except there's just some great open world jank um, that doesn't happen as much today. And there's some hilarious moments, like like just like dialogue moments. I walk up to a guard in Hong Kong and and I'm I'm disguised and it looks like I'm working for the guy they're guarding and I'll say, hey, the boss wants to know what happened to his dog, and this guard goes. Oh shit, I haven't seen it. And then immediately just starts walking the other direction. <laughs> and it's just like I love that I love and hate that stuff cuz you know, we're better at it now and so it's not as weird but but I love the weird. I love how weird that game is. Oh my gosh. Oh, that reminded me. I ran into some open world jankiness in Witcher as well because there's there's the dialogue that people just do as you walk by. Yeah. Uh, our pram lamb guy from last time <laughs> is one of those my favorites. Yeah. But this one was a case of they wanted to show that time had passed. This was after you beat the game. And you're back in a village where they didn't really like you at the beginning, mm-hmm. but now they do. They're like, and that you go up to this guy, and this guy's like, Geralt, oh, good to see you. Uh, are you going hunting? And he's just like, yeah. And he's like, great. Uh, maybe on the morrow I'll go hunting with you. And you're like, okay. And it's just like, it, it's there to show you that they like him. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the gameplay, and I walk past them, and he goes, get the hell out of here. <laughs> 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 I love that. I love that. That happens in um, uh, JK Grammar's in our chat. I've been playing uh, on and off. I've been back into um, the new Ghost Recon. What's it called? What's wrong with Wild my land. No, the other one, the newer one, uh, Breakpoint uh, or Breakpoint Point Break. <laughs> yep. Breaking yeah, point, point Break. That sounds whatever right. it is. Anyway, point Break. I uh, always forget the name for some reason. Uh, Breakpoint. That's it. So uh, there's this happens a lot where I'll do a quest and I'll, and I'll find this lady and I'll walk in the room. She goes, ah, what are you doing here? Leave. And then I'll talk to her and she'll go, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you've come by to do the thing. Here's the secret chip. I got to You got to take this down. And what's his name and do this thing. Thanks again. We're all counting on you. And then it'll fade away again where I'm standing there to leave. And she's like, well, are you going to do anything or just stand there? I'm like, dude, who are you? And do you know I just talked to you? Like I, that kind of open world jank. I love it. And I hate it. I love it at the same time yeah. that I hate it. It's great. Pam, pram, 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 That's our guy. He's our mascot. Uh, grounded. How's grounded? Are you playing in the grass and you're a little dude, little tiny dude? I didn't, 
play a lot about it, uh, a lot of it, but uh, we talked about it. And so I figured I'd just acknowledge that I got in there. And apparently I missed a tutorial tip about scanning things. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently that's a game where you look at things and you scan it. Oh, and right. I didn't know that. And so I'm running around and I'm doing things and it's pretty. I like the game. It's a very cool concept. And, you know, I, I like a lot of what I saw, but it turns out I missed a lot of key crafting components because I wasn't scanning anything. Uh-oh. So I got up to a point where they're like, hey, build this. And I'm like, I don't know how to build that. I, I checked everything. I'm like, I don't know how to build anything. I looked around. I was getting nothing but the same materials. And I said, okay, something broke. And I quit. Mm. So I didn't have a ton of time in there. And then it was after the fact that people are like, hey, you know, you, you got to analyze these things to get blueprints. And I went, oh, well, that would have totally changed my experience. But <laughs> I it wasn't there and it wasn't obvious when I was playing it. So I missed it. And so I had fun with what I played, but I didn't play much because I missed a tutorial message, I guess. I get you. Mm. I, I, uh, yeah, I, that I, the word, the worry I have with that game, like aesthetically, it's totally my jam, but the, I don't like survival games. Like just don't care about them. Like gather stuff, build up a thing, make it overnight. Okay. I lived like the whole rust game loop. It's just so not my jam. And it seems like there's a lot of that in there. So I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe one day. It's got spoders in it. Spo- oh, yeah. Big, ugly spiders. And then. Oh, the- I did play with the arachnophobia setting. Oh, yeah. I found spiders go? in the game. Yeah. And I had to know. Yeah. And sure enough, you slide that thing all the way up. I To me, it became scarier because it went from a spider, which I understand, to a gray blob with two little floating eyes just like floating stupidly through the forest. And yeah. I was like, ugh, it's like a weird cartoon ghost in this realistic looking game. It's like Slender Man's but, testicle or something floating around. I don't like it. But no. there's different levels. I mean, you don't have to go to just like a pile of gray goo. You can limit the number of legs, limit the number of eyes. You can get rid of the fur. You know, there's levels to it. But it the the kind of haunting floating thing that it turned into at the end was weirder to me than the scary spider that started as. Yeah, it's kind of cool that they're in there, though. I like those settings. Yeah. Accessibility. Uh, Bo Schwartz, you played a lot of Dead Cells. I know this for a fact. Since, I did. Since we were talking about Dead Cells, uh, how did your, I mean, you, you're good at those kind of games. How'd it go? Um, well, I enjoyed my time playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably played it more than I had wanted to, but mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. I watched some lectures. It's, it's an easy game to like uh, absorb some other material while you play it. Mm-hmm. So I watched some lectures on stuff while I was playing it. And um it's interesting because the game, when you beat it, it's not over. You have five more difficulty levels, or there's a total of five difficulty levels to it. So as you beat the game for the first time, you can crank it up to one dead cell. Mm. I think it, they're called stem cells, maybe, or something like that. But mm. um, you get these cells, and then when you have a cell, you can increase the difficulty. So I'm on hard now. Oh, they sound like, like keystones. Oh. They're like keystones in Warcraft or, or like... Uh... Yeah, mods. same same deal. Yeah. So so on the harder difficulties, there's more monsters. It's more fun to play, but it's harder to get anywhere. Everything does more damage to you. Um, but you get more. You get a little bit more cells, so you can speed up your unlocks. 
I felt like I unlocked a lot, but now that the game's in launch state, there is a massive amount of unlocks to get in that game. Mm. And it's, so it's kind of fun. There's always like a little carrot or something where you're working towards a new cool weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're playing the same game again, it, it's very, the game is very, responds very well to controls. Mm. It's just pleasant to play with a controller. You know, it's, yeah, it's really good. It's a that. really good experience. Yeah. And a lot of TLC and go, goes into the moves and stuff like overall it's just an amazing game product and the weapons vary it up enough to make it fun they're also a little ridiculous there's a tentacle in the game i don't remember a tentacle being there and you just whip it at people and then you pull yourself so hard that you do critical hits and move through them and it's like wild and a lot of fun yeah um so there's like crazy weapons in there and the one downside I'd say to Dead Cells is just like it is a roguelike, but you are pretty once you've played through it a couple times, you're like you're running through the same levels again. It's fun. But, you know, the, there's that part of your brain where you're like, I want to keep playing this, but I want a little more variety, even though there's already a lot of variety in this. You know, it's yeah. just like, ah. no, I get that. I like the ones that yeah. give you a, uh, an ability to sort of teleport forward to stuff you've already surmounted, you know, like yeah well actually as you as you as i get better at knowing because there's patterns to the roguishness roguelikeishness of the levels right so you get to know what to expect in each mm-hmm. biome mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm at the point where like a lot of the magic's gone because i know this one will have a total of four exits i know what i need to get to them and i know which one i want to go to and i know what the rewards are for when you hit the break point uh, you can, you know, if you get 30 kills without dying, you'll get a door. If you make it in two minutes, you'll get a door. Mm-hmm. Like that all varies depending on which path you take. Sure. And it all is very confusing and weird at first. But once you've played, I think I've played through it now. Or, well, I think the total number of runs I'm up to from the weekend is like 50 to 60 or something like that. Oh, wow. So, you know, I've played through the game quite a bit now. And that's um, you know, enjoyable. Yeah. I uh, I like that game a lot. It's There's... I usually need very little excuse to go play it again, but um, that's what I ignored it for a while. I played an early access and I was like, okay. And now that it's full launch, you're like, it's a really good, it's a good deal. Good game to play. Yeah. It's amazing. Got some great DLC. It's a a quality product. Turns out they have a really cool um, system at that developer. They're French and nobody like the, the founder and executive people and all the way down to the testers, they all get equal pay from any revenue. Sure. So if the top guy is making, I don't know, let's say 50 grand a year, it's just a number. So is uh, the programmer. So is an artist. So is a whatever. Uh, uh, that can be like a, co- a co-op kind of deal. Not that's a, what it sounds or- like. It sounds kind of communistic, but I don't know. Uh, apparently they like it and it works for them. So I'm curious from it, like a, you know, it's a company, oh, it's a profit based yeah. company, but they've got this way of not having, the goal, I guess, was we don't want a CEO who's, you know, making millions while there are people in the basement who make shit. Uh, so it's just a lot more equi- uh, equitable yeah. sort of pay structure. I don't know. Patrick yeah. was trying to explain it to me, and I, I'm probably doing it's a bad job. But hard to it's hard to wrap your head around it because we're so used to the mega rich running things and stuff. But like, right? You know, there's a point where like you're making more money than you'll ever need in your life, or your children will ever need. And for some reason, we keep throwing money at those people. Yeah. <laughs> like once you get a certain threat, it's like not communism to be like, you know, you got enough, buddy. Yeah. You have a lot of like, money. That's <laughs> like you've you just made you have 30 million dollars. Uh, give some other people some some money. 
Let well, them work for it. We're not giving it away. Right, but right. you got you got a money. If you run out, then you can come back and work. But for now, we don't want you working. Anymore. Right. You get out. Or you else. work for free. Right. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like there's just like an amount of money where you're just like, I don't need this money anymore. Like, and anyways. Yeah. Well, they, Let's not get into it. No, you went hard. I like it when you go hard. That sounds terrible. All right. Moving on. Uh, what now? Oh, I know. That's a good question. Quick email. This is from... Uh, Who's this from? I'm going to call him NPC. NPC. There you go. <laughs> non. Oh, it does say that NPC, non-player character. That threw me. I couldn't. Uh, that wouldn't compute for for some reason. Um, <laughs> he did this at the site frogpants.com/core. He says uh, talking about old games you beat but can't believe you did. He says was listening to Boop the other day and Scott shared audio of XCOM. I played this nonstop as a kid and managed to beat it without using any sort of cheats or modifications. I revisited it just for fun uh, not long ago, and I'm not sure how I ever managed to compete or complete that game at such a young age. I think it was 12 or 11 at the time. Have any of you come back to an old game from your past that you did not understand how you managed to get through it? Whoa. I, I did, for sure. What's that? Uh, when I was a kid and CD-ROMs first came out, yeah. I became obsessed with the video game Myst. Oh, yes. And I beat it as a kid. Now... As an adult, I understand how Mist works a lot better. I understand the puzzles. I can beat Mist whenever I want to beat Mist. It's it's not that complicated. But looking back, I don't know how young me managed to beat Mist mm. because I certainly hadn't put everything together in the way that I did at the time. Um, I know I got stuck in a couple of different places in that game, but yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty young when I played through and beat that game. And I don't think I fully even understood the scope of the story, but I managed to make it through all the puzzles to get to the end. So, yeah, Mist is the one that I look back and go, how did I do that? Yeah, Mist, I couldn't do it then. I don't know if I could do it even now. I got really lost in Mist. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, well, it's not earlier in my life so much, but uh, when I played Ocarina of Time, I mean, it's earlier in my life, but when I played Ocarina of Time, I didn't finish it when it was on the N64 and new. Um, and I got it again on the 3DS with that re- the remastered version of it thing they put out, and I beat it. And so that's not quite the same. It's like he's it's the opposite. Like you, a game, you know, a <laughs> how game, did I not beat this? Yeah, how do I not beat this? So that's an example of the opposite. As far as like one, I can't believe. I, I know what it is. I used to be pretty competitive in StarCraft. So it's not like a campaign or anything like that, but the multiplayer in StarCraft 1 and Brood War back in 98, I was pretty good. And I was wiping the floor with a lot of people I knew. I was beating people online. It was great. I don't think I could do that now. I can't believe I was that's, even good at all at it. That's a perfect example now that you mention it. Yeah. Counter-Strike. I used to be so good at Counter-Strike, I would get kicked out of rooms for cheating when I wasn't cheating. Yeah. But now, not now. No. <laughs> not, nope. <laughs> that doesn't fly anymore. Now I spawn in Counter Strike and get shot immediately and think, oh, it's a different game than it was back then. Yeah. That'll now happen. you get invited to servers. Like, sweet, get that guy. Yeah. You can kill him easy. He's, yeah. a, he's a pro. Uh, so, Bo, how about you? Anything like that? No. <laughs> Not so like, good at video games. You're just been you just been good the whole time. You were always good then. You're good now, right? I mean, I don't think of myself that way. 
Right. But I'm good, but I mean, yeah, I, I I'm look at old games and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just never had that feeling. I mean, I'm sure maybe I'll get it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but not yet. Oh, for- I know one. I wasn't thinking of Go- ghosts and goblins. Is that the Capcom game I'm thinking of? Ghosts and goblins yeah, two. Ghosts and goblins, g- ghouls and ghosts. Whatever I that was. I was really yeah. good at that on the SNES or the Genesis or wherever I played it. And now I'm terrible at it. I tried to play it the other day on something. Was it the mini or something? And it was, I was just terrible. Those are hard game. That was a hard game then, I think. And for, at least for me, and then still hard now. You know, there's two types of ga- side scrollers. There's a kind where you touch anything and you basically die. And yeah. there's a the kinds where you don't. Yeah. Which is what I appreciate about Dead Cells. An attack kills you, not touching them. Mm. Those aggravating, like Mario Brothers is also in this camp, but there's aggravating games where you just die because you touched a bat. Like he headbutted you so hard, like in Castlevania, you're just like, oh, I'm taking a bunch of damage. Was like, what? Did you know? By the way, we this happened on TMS. Castlevania was not even in the top 100 best-selling NES games. Neither was two, and SNES versions of the game also didn't crack the top 100 or 75 or whatever. I believe it. It's called Castlevania. But we have a whole genre now, including Dead Cells you've been playing, which qualifies as a Metroidvania. It's like in the name. It's Yeah, no, but Castlevania is a dumb name and forever will be a dumb name. Even if you have very positive associations with it, what does the word castle need to be put against the word vania for in any context that makes any sense? Everything you need to know about it. It's got a castle. It's got veins. Vampires are into veins. It's... No, I think it's the Vania is like Transylvania. Vampire. They're like, what if we oh. just knock off half of Transylvania and stick it on, I don't know, castle? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's where vampires like, live. Like, yeah. Castlevania. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they should change it. I'm just saying we have to properly recognize that. Pennsylvania. Aber- John and Jill uh, Abermarkia of Idaho aren't going to shop for their Nest games and going, Castlevania, I understand what that is. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like the the one of the top selling PS1 games was Castlevania Symphony of the Night, right? Yes. Yeah, That's the where the term comes from though, Scott. Because when we call something a Metroidvania and we refer to Castlevania, we're not talking about one or two. We're talking about Symphony of the Night. Are you sure? Because Castlevania, yeah, the first ones are not Metroidvania. Castlevania one and two are not Castlevania games in the Symphony of the Night. Lineage. They're more like They're- Mario Gaiden. Yes. Yes. Okay. Two is a little more open because you can explore. Yeah. It's not. It's not a hundred percent linear, but it's not. It's not in that vein. Okay, I looked it up. I, this seems to support what you're saying. I'd never thought of it before. It says Metroidvania is a subgenre of action adventure video games. The term is a portmanteau of the game series uh, Metroid and Castlevania. Metroidvania uses the game design and mechanics that are similar to games of these two series. Specifically, the t- uh, term derives from the Castlevania, Castlevania Symphony of the Night game in particular, but many other games that came after it. Um, which are generally considered to be more certain aspects of gameplay comparable to the Metroid series. So it's a combination, but yes, Symphony of the Night is the one that they refer to. I didn't know that. Yeah. I I mean, I played Symphony of the Night, but I just kind of thought, well, that's just a new one of these, and it's a new generation, and we're all doing great. No, uh, I've played the, the the original Castlevanias, and they're just, they're like Ninja Gaiden or um, Side Scrollers. Yeah. They're just side-scrolling, yeah. Yeah, so they should have called a Metroid... 
Symphony I mean, of the honestly, Items. Castlevania 2 is sort of one of the original open world games mm-hmm. because it is a side scroller. Yeah. But you can adventure back and forth across the land and you have to. Mm-hmm. There's little dungeons you go into. It's almost um I'd say it shares most of its DNA with like Legend of Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. Yeah. Like it's a lot like that, yeah. actually. Um, I am surprised to hear that it wasn't in that high up because that was one of those games where everybody who got Nintendo power needed it to get through that game because it was really hard. Yeah. And that was during that whole, like everybody has Nintendo power and everybody buys whatever's in Nintendo power mm-hmm. and uh, all of that. But that or you're calling they, the counselor people, the game counselors at Nintendo yeah. for help. Yeah, man. Some of those old NES games, those are pretty rough, pretty rough. All right. I feel like I learned something tonight. That's fantastic. Thanks for the email. And uh, do we all say a game? Oh, Bo, Bo beats everything. So we're not, Bo doesn't. What? Like you, I don't we, beat everything. What? Well, you're just a good gamer. That's what I'm saying. You don't, there's nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, I don't have, I just, no, one doesn't come to mind. There probably is one, I'm, but no, I don't think so. Like I, I was bad, like, like Mega Man, I was bad at it when I was younger and I'm bad at it now. Like there's no Yeah, like now. anything I'm bad at now, I was bad at then too. Yeah. Like there was some, like those T- anything touches you and you lose a life games i'm awful at because i'm lazy if you're able to like master you- and beat a game are you master beating mm-hmm. okay uh i didn't beat a lot of games as a kid so i was not a great master beater but you know i feel like i got the concepts down pretty i gotta give i don't think benjamin chat in the chat credit for that he made me think of it anyway sorry what what are you saying about uh, beating a game doesn't make you a master of it necessarily right but if you master then, if then you beat just it, beating you're just beating okay but if you're baiting, no wait. If Matt, <laughs> nope, don't bring that into it. Then we're talking. You only about bait. Different. You only bait in big bass fishing, where you put the bait on the rock. Oh right, yeah. one of my favorite VR games is called Bait. And that sounds like a dirty game, but it's not. It's a game where you mm-hmm. uh, you fish, and it's it's a last name for some people, like Kathy Bates. Oh yeah, Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. which isn't to say that she baits. We're saying that's her name, Kathy Bates. No. And if you're except that, in that movie Misery, where she dated the author, <laughs> and oh, right. a little known fact, she has a sister named Martha, Martha Bates, Martha Bates, dear Martha Bates. Wait, where did you hear that name? That's my <laughs> Snyder cut right there for you. Uh, okay, that's it for emails. Thank you for sending that in. You can go to the website and send us any emails you want, and we'd love them. We'd love to hear from you guys. We love your thoughts, your comments, your feelings, your corrections, whatever it is you want to say. That's over at frogpants.com/core. And uh, we recommend it. Please do that. Uh, you can also help us survive and thrive at patreon.com slash core show. There are many cool things you get in addition to bonus content every episode, which if you're already supporting us, you know this. So thanks to you and everyone else who hasn't, maybe consider it. Patreon.com slash core show. I think it's going to do it. Uh, we're on Twitter. Core pod, John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. Uh, John, any magical words to say before we go? Uh, if you're going to beat something, master it. Master beat it. Got it. Bo, Bo anything from you? Wis- wisdom from Bo? I'm Mega Man. Oh, wow. I don't even know what to say about that except this. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. We're under attack!